Hi everybody, welcome back to our week 5 picks podcast on Over A Few Network. This is your host Sex Panther, and let's get right down to it. After an abysmal week 3, my week 4 picks went pretty well, I ended up 11-4, and and I've got a record on the year for 34-27. and Uh, Pretty solid start, and uh, we're going to get right into our Thursday night game first. This is being taped on a Friday, so the Thursday night game has actually already happened, so with the Rams beating the Cardinals 17-3. And because of it, I'm 0-1. I had actually picked the Cardinals, and I was looking at the fact that over the first four weeks, they might not have outplayed everybody they played, but they had the uh, the proverbial horseshoe-up-the-butt win streak going on, where no matter what happens, they always seem to come out on top. Close plays at the end, missed field goals, a couple missed field goals, Patriots and Dolphins. That's a team that could easily be 1-3 if uh, if the Seahawks get the ball in the end zone the first week. But instead, they're 4-1 now. Um, we'll see how this plays out. First thing to think about with the Cardinals, is this a team that overachieved drastically in the first three weeks and is going to come back to earth now? Or is this a team whose defense is really that good and is following the model of the 49ers from last year? As for me, I'm I'm leaning a little bit towards this team actually being that good. Second team in the NFC West, excuse me. Um, and I think by the end of the season, you might not see a team that's 12-4, and four, but a little bit closer to 9-7, and 10-6, and six, and somebody who might be able to pull a pretty decent upset in the playoffs. Um, depending on the game, the situation, they're, they're a team that can get after the quarterback, and if Kevin Cobb plays up to his actual skill level, rather than uh, playing up to the expectations he gets sometimes, they, they can handle a lot of teams. Okay, moving in, we're going to start on a 1 o'clock slate. First game we have is the Miami Dolphins at the Cincinnati Bengals. And even though the Dolphins are 1-3 and three and the Bengals are 3-1, and one, I'm going Dolphins. And here's why. In the last two weeks, the Dolphins have played both the Jets and the Cardinals very tough. They lost both games on a last-second field goal. So the guy we should be worried about is Dan Carpenter. If the Dolphins can get a lead in this game, they should be okay. Um, their defense, their pass rush are so much better than they were at the beginning of the season, and they're starting to look like the team that that put together a nice run down the stretch at the end of last year, as opposed to the team that started 0-7 last year, or the team that started this year uh, getting run over by a few of their early opponents. Um, Not only has their defense looked stronger, Ryan Tannehill has also looked much better. As a rookie, he's still expected to struggle. He hasn't rounded the corner or anything, but they look like a real team. Uh, 245 passing yards, I believe, for Brian Hartline last week. I wouldn't really consider that uh, a likely scenario going forward. That's much more of an aberration. But somebody is going to have to catch the ball, and uh, it's pretty much Tannehill and Devon Bess. And then hopefully you're getting some more from Reggie Bush in the passing game. He can be great, but he's also relatively fragile, so we'll see where he he goes uh, moving forward. Uh, so second game, got the Green Bay Packers at the Indianapolis Colts, and although the Packers actually lost last or won last week, it feels like they lost. They only beat an 0-4 St. Louis team by one point, 28 to 27, and it's been kind of a uh, a trade-off every week. You're not sure what you're getting from the Packers. Is it going to be the offense that looks good? Is it going to be the defense that looks good? Um, Aaron Rodgers, his stats don't look terrible, but when you look at the Packers' offensive output and their efficiency compared to last year, this is not the same team. Um, it, part of that is the fact that Greg Jennings has not been 100%. He's been out. 
And what happens usually when Greg Jennings, who is a true number one receiver in this league, uh, ends up going down with an injury, you're, you're bumping up players, uh, Jordy Nelson, James Jones, Randall Cobb, who are very good twos and threes, excellent players in a uh, in sort of an interchangeable role, but none of those one-on-one uh, -on -one is drawing double coverage, and it's not helping um, Aaron Rodgers to kind of look at the coverage read based on where Greg Jennings is, how the defense is going to play them. And it, it's making his job much tougher uh, offensively. The fact that they still don't have a rush game is not helping at all either. Cedric Benson's not the answer. He hasn't looked like the answer at, at any point during his Bengals career or also in his short stint with the Packers. And when it gets to playoff time, winning time, I don't see this Packers team doing anything different than they did last year. But for the regular season and against a team like the Colts, who uh, don't look like they have all that much going on in general, uh, they should be able to take this. Quick note on the Colts. Andrew Luck is improving. He's, he's been relatively steady for a rookie quarterback. He's looked like you would expect a real rookie to look pre-Cam Newton explosion, uh, back when rookies used to struggle. But they are slowly and secretly building some uh, some talent around him. They do still have Dwight Freeney, like we said, on defense. The trade with that Dolphins team over there that we just talked about is looking better by the week, picking up Vontae Davis for a pick. Uh, one of the better corners in the league. Okay, moving on to our third game. We got the uh, Baltimore Ravens at the Kansas City Chiefs. And for me, this is one of the biggest no-brainers of the week. Ravens are going to win this one very easily. Um, it's an offense that's been explosive, a defense that's been able to get after passers, um, which they showed at the end of that Patriots game against Tom Brady. And I really expected a letdown game against the Browns on that short week. Um, late Sunday night, turning it around and playing on Thursday against a division opponent. Um, and the Ravens have a history in general of being one of those teams that, that gets up for their big games, be it Patriots or Steelers um, or other uh, tough opponents in the conference. And then we usually have a letdown the following week against an inferior opponent. Um, and the Browns are far inferior, but they actually uh, they put up a little bit of a fight last week. Brandon Whedon looked like he was improving. Chiefs are, in my rankings once again, bottom five in the league. They're one and three. They're, I think, easily the worst team in that division. Matt Castle is getting to the point where he's starting to play for his job, and they do not look impressive in any phases, regardless of who's been coming back. Uh, speaking of the Browns, our next game on the 1 o'clock docket, we got the Browns at the New York Giants. A team with a surprise loss the other night to Philly. I, I really shouldn't be that surprised because the Giants somehow always... They keep us on the ropes. They look like a, a world beater one week, and then the next week we're not sure if, if they're a team that even is going to make the playoffs. Um, but this, to me, is, is such a mismatch where, um, first off, the Giants are coming off a loss. They're now in last place in their division, but they're only 2-2, two and two, so it's a sneaky last place. They're tied with the Redskins and the Cowboys, and they're only one game out of first place behind the Eagles. Um, the Browns are 0-4. We've seen improvement from Brandon Whedon, but I haven't seen anything that makes me think he's ready for the best pass rush in the league. I know, I know, they're probably not the best pass rush by rating, but when I look at this this Giants team, excuse me, um, there's nobody I would rather bet on in a big game, and there's no pass rush I'd be more afraid of in a big game. 
Um, their secondaries look pretty suspect. That's a, a matter of injuries, but also a matter of cohesiveness. And they're playing a Browns team who doesn't really have a major outside threat at receiver. Um, it's a team that's, that's taking steps, and once again, Brown's the youngest team in the league by a good couple years. Their quarterback actually brings them down. He's older than their median age. 28-year-old quarterback, I think a team that has an average age of 26 or 25. Um, they are set up to do relatively well going forward, but as of right now, very easy Giants win. Okay, two more 1 o'clock games on the slate. The Philadelphia Eagles, 3-1, first place Philadelphia Eagles at the Pittsburgh Steelers coming off a bye. Steelers are 1-2, and two, and I believe third place in their division right now behind the Bengals and the Ravens. This is not a Steelers team that uh, looks to be headed towards 12-4 and four AFC Championship level, but they do still have one of the elite quarterbacks in the league. They've got a defense that, when healthy, can make plays and can put pressure on people. Still shuts the run down very well. Um, and I think a week off was right about what the Steelers needed. That was a banged-up team. I'm taking the Steelers in this one just because the Eagles are probably the most inconsistent team in the league. One of the toughest teams to pick week to week. Someone that doesn't always play up to their talent. And giving Mike Tomlin Ben Roethlisberger two weeks to prepare, I think this, Eagle, this uh, Steelers team is going to be ready for the Eagles. Eagles played on Monday night, so a short week coming back to a 1 o'clock um, Sunday game. Not a, not a huge short week, but a little bit shorter. Um, excuse me, Eagles played Sunday night. Um, but I, I think it's going to be enough between the extra time for the Steelers, the recovery, and the fact that the Eagles are really not a very consistent team in general uh, to give the Steelers this game. Okay, we also have our last 1 o'clock, the Atlanta Falcons, 4-0 Atlanta Falcons for the first time in a long time at the Washington Redskins, 2-2. Two two. Very exciting team, one of the best scoring offenses so far in the league. Um, but their defenses look terrible. And they're just not a very complete team in comparison to this Falcons team who's looked pretty pretty spectacular for three weeks and then did something in week four that I think most very good playoff teams need to do, which is win a game they don't deserve to win. The Falcons were outplayed by uh, the Carolina Panthers last week, and they looked shaky. They looked on the ropes. And they made a big play when they needed it. They came through, and they won. So I'm going to take the Atlanta Falcons over the Washington Redskins. Okay, let's recap our 1 o'clock slate really quickly for you. We're going to say Dolphins over the Bengals, Packers over the Colts, Ravens over the Chiefs, Giants over the Browns, and the Steelers over the Eagles, and last but not least, Falcons over the Redskins. Now, I want to point out I'm picking 1, 2, 3 four road teams and only two home teams in the Giants and the Steelers. I think with the the fact that we're working with current refs and not replacement refs, the home field advantage that we've seen in the first couple weeks of the season is going to tail off. We've got refs that are going to be less influenced by the crowd, less influenced by the players and the coaches, and we're going to see more consistent calls. Um, let's take a quick break. We'll be back for those four o'clock uh, games in a second. Alright, let's take a look at our 4 o'clock games. First up on our 4 o'clock docket, we have the Seattle Seahawks at the Carolina Panthers. Panthers team that blew the game late, and a Seahawks team also coming off a loss. Seahawks are 2-2, two two, Panthers are 1-3. and three. 
and the Panthers are starting to look like one of the lower teams in this league, uh, one of the bottom 10, maybe even lower. The Seahawks, um, from week to week, have been somewhat inconsistent. They're almost playing without a quarterback at this point because Russell Wilson has, has been so bad. You'd think with a team that had three options uh, coming into the season on offense as a quarterback, somebody who spent all this money in the offseason on Matt Flynn would have probably gone with a veteran, and Russell Wilson does have this presence, but his talent level is not really where it needs to be for a Seahawks team to uh, make a playoff run based on their talent at other positions, especially defense, um, and in their running game, which is also quite solid. Um, I don't see that being enough this week to get the Panthers by. However, I think Seattle wins, and Seattle on the road coming across to the East Coast would, would be a, a lock for a loss if we're at 1 o'clock. But because it's a 4 o'clock game, it, it lets them uh, almost treat it like a 1 o'clock West Coast game. So I think we're going to see the Seahawks uh, maybe not a stellar performance, but enough to get by, get to 3-2, and two, and stay in that race in the NFC West, which is shaping up to be one of the best divisions in football. Coming off uh, two years ago where they were a laughing stock, you had a nine and se- I believe eight and eight team go to the playoffs. And last year where you had a dominant 49ers team and then and three turds at the bottom. Um, this year, every single team in that division is at least competitive. And we can't really rule any of, the, any of them out for playoff spots yet. Moving on, uh, next 4 o'clock game, we have the Chicago Bears at the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is most likely a very easy win for the Bears. Keep in mind, second road team I picked in a row at the 4 o'clock slate. Um, Regardless of how bad Jay Cutler has been this year, and he's been pretty shaky the last few weeks. Um, Terrible, terrible game against the Packers. He looked a little better against the Cowboys last week. But at the same time, I think he might have just looked good in comparison to how bad Tony Romo played. Um, So we're going to go Bears based on the strength of their defense, based on the fact that Jacksonville hasn't really shown me anything this year that makes me think that they're competitive. I still see the Bears as a top 10 team, somebody that is, is a playoff lock. But... Unless Jay Cutler steps his game up, they're not going to be much better than a 4 or 5 seed, and they're not going to be a team that can challenge for the NFC Championship. Um, Moving on. The Tennessee Titans at the Minnesota Vikings. This is a game that, uh, from the beginning of the season until now, looks pretty much completely different. The Titans might be the worst team in football. They've got a negative 70-point differential. They've lost by the most points to the most teams. But with a quick recap, some of those losses have been to some of the better teams in the league. They lost to Houston, they lost to um, the Patriots, and I believe they lost to Atlanta as well. Whereas the Vikings are one of the surprise teams we've got so far in the other direction. They're 3-1, and one, they knocked off the 49ers, and they seem to be playing the right kind of football to win. They're, they're relatively balanced, tough defense, pretty stout can run the ball well with Adrian Peterson, who came back with some kind of a superhuman effort from from that torn ACL. And Christian Ponder's coming along. He's starting to look like an NFL quarterback, starting to look like a first-round draft pick, and he's progressing. Vikings are one of those teams to watch going forward. We'll see if this is an aberration, the 3-1 start, 
or if they're a team that we can look at for a 9-7, and 10-6 record, and somebody to sneak into the playoffs. Our probably most interesting 4 o'clock game is the Denver Broncos at the New England Patriots. Both teams are 2-2 two two so far, and the Broncos' two losses are to Atlanta and to Houston, the two best teams in the league right now in terms of record, 4-0, each of them. Um, Whereas the Patriots are 2-2, two two. they had a tough loss to a Baltimore team that's 3-1 on a questionable field goal at the end and a few uh, interesting officiating calls. And they also had a loss to the Cardinals when their kicker blew a kick on, on the last play of the game. Um, so both teams might be better than their 2-2 two two record. And you're looking at the two best quarterbacks of the past generation kind of moving into this generation, Peyton Manning for the Broncos and Tom Brady for the Patriots renewing their rivalry. And I think we're going to see a Patriots win just because of the fact that the team is more balanced. They're at home. They're playing all around a better brand of football, getting healthier. Aaron Hernandez practiced this week, and they seem to be on the track back towards where they were. I'm not saying 14-2, and two, but this team looks to be double digits. Broncos are still my favorite for the NFC, the AFC West because I don't really believe in the Chargers. However, they need to show me that they can do a little bit against a good team. So this is a really great test for both teams. Once again, we're picking the Patriots. And our last 4 o'clock game. The Buffalo Bills, who just got eviscerated in the fourth quarter last week against the Patriots at the uh, San Francisco 49ers. And we're looking at a 49ers team that's 3-1. and one. They had a tough loss a few weeks ago to the Minnesota Vikings and is coming across after murdering the Jets and I don't see a Bills team much better than this Jets team so we're gonna probably expect a relatively similar result 49ers with an easy win over the Bills they're at home this time rather than having to travel cross country and I don't see this Bills team bouncing back. I think this is a chance for the Bills to take their regular middle-of-the-season tailspin a little early. I'm not high on anybody in the AFC East other than the Patriots. All three of those teams look like bottom-of-the-barrel, double-digit loss teams. Um, two games left. Let's take a look at our 8:20 night game, the San Diego Chargers at the St. Louis Rams. This is, on paper, a mismatch. Chargers are 3-1, and one, and the Saints are... Um, 0-4, but this is a Saints team that's played close, and three of their losses have been within a three to four point range, where the Chargers are a team that perennially overachieves, and they're starting to to, uh, to look pretty decent, but at the same time, the one real competitive game they had against the Atlanta Falcons, they were blown out of the stadium. So I think this is a chance for the Saints to actually pull this out, get their first victory of the year. I'll stop short of saying get back on track because the Saints team is not going anywhere this year. We're seeing the effect of having a coach and a lot of your best defensive players removed from the team. But I think the Chargers are the sort of team you cannot really rely on, especially traveling on the road. They're playing in New Orleans. They're playing in the Dome. And I think we're going to see a, a Saints first win of the year. Last game on this week's schedule, the Houston Texans at the New York Jets. And Houston is 4-0. Um, Looking relatively dominant the last few weeks. First time in history of the franchise that they're 4-0. And that's partly because they've moved. They're not uh, the original franchise franchise that they were, which was the Houston Oilers. Um, 
As for the Jets, that's a team that just suffered a really demoralizing loss. And in the same way, back-to-back weeks of losing two of their best players for the season, Darrell Rivas last week, uh, Darrell Rivas two weeks ago, and Santonio Holmes last week. So they're down to their two best players. Mark Sanchez is starting to already make defensive comments in the media. Um, We're a limited sample away from Tebow time. And I think that by the end of the game, we might start looking at Mark Sanchez on the bench. This is a Houston win easily. 5-0, Houston's going to kind of take this game over, hopefully by the second, third quarter. Um, The only thing for Houston that I would be a little bit worried about is I don't think we've seen Matt Schaub play his best football yet. Ever since he went down last year, he's kind of... He's kind of struggled coming back this year. It's gone under the radar because the rest of their team has played so well, but they have not. Um, they haven't really been tested by a team that's going to take the lead on them and make them have to pass to win. They've been able to run against just about everybody, and as long as it's a formula where they're down by no more than seven to ten points, Houston's a team that I expect to to go fourteen and two or thirteen and three. If they start getting in games where teams can throw on them and they have a lead, then we're going to start to see if Matt Schaub really is a championship-caliber quarterback or he's what uh, Joe Flacco has been for the past few years, kind of a a caretaker. And on that note, we're just about done. We've got all of our picks in. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. <laughs>